welcome everyone officially to my third episode now i'm coming along <laughs> everybody <laughs> so glad you're tuning in and glad you enjoyed the first two episodes if you um saw them everyone um so yeah i'm very excited to have my guest here's a good friend of mine from in college uh jeffrey ramos um so hey everybody yeah hi jeffrey how's it going ah doing good man happy to be on here yeah for sure you know always have interesting you know conversations with everybody i'm glad you're here today um so yeah how's everything going just to start off you know before we get into questions i always you know want to ask this is how you're doing with covid and everything family's doing good friends and family Oh, of course. Yeah. Well, first off, thank you so much for having me on the show. Really excited to be here. Um, in general, I guess, you know, um, when, when, whenever people text me, hey, how are you doing? I always say like, oh, probably as good as you trying to survive a <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's really true. I mean, you know, we're there is no guidebook on how to survive a pandemic. We're all just doing our best to deal with the times. Me, myself, um, in the beginning, it was, you know, probably the toughest part, you know, a lot of my um, work style and my hobbies involve um, other people in them, whether that's dancing, or whether that's chess or board games, or, you know, film what I do. Um, it's all very people orientated. And so um, the first months were sort of were pretty tough. Um, but now I think we've reached a point where, you know, we're adapting and we're just, you know, doing our best under the circumstances. But yeah, Thanks for asking. How about you, Owen? You know, yep, doing pretty good. Um, to you know, to take a mental break because I think the news is too much. Honestly, I think it's a bunch of. I mean, I don't want to get too political here, but let's just say that it's you know, <laughs> it's a bunch of I guess like fear you can call it for lack of a better word or just too much sensory overload and not enough like you know, good information like good medical information that I know doctors can provide that makes it less scary to provide you know, very good updates about COVID to make it less scary. And I feel like I tune into those more. And, you know, obviously, I'm staying calm, you know, you just got to weigh it out. Because, you know, throughout mm -hmm. um, human history, I'm a big history guy that, you know, people survive, you know, we've been human beings have been surviving pandemics for, I don't know, <laughs> for how long since <laughs> civilization has begun, I guess, if disease i don't know what diseases were pre prevalent when like homo sapiens were around but ever since like you know empires and stuff began like diseases were everywhere so it's this is nothing new <laughs> so if you, if yeah, you know man. What I mean. yeah but i'm doing good yeah so yeah what a surprise there's no good news during a pandemic <laughs> exactly and it's just like i feel like you know, people just need to be careful with their information and, you know, take a break away from the internet and not get caught up in all the bad news and stuff. Even though it is scary out there, I just feel like people need to, you know, treat life as, you know, try to make it normal as possible at your household. Or, you know, you can, I still go outdoors a lot, you know, just trying to avoid people, you know, sometimes go hiking, go exercising, you know, you know, grocery shopping, just walking around places like it eases my mind a lot. So, yeah. For sure, for yeah. sure, man. No, yeah, no, I mean, it's it's important to stay informed. Everybody, you should stay safe, you know, mm -hmm. practice social distancing, wash your hands, make sure something that I have, you know, one of our protocols on set is that we always, it's best to just assume someone else has COVID and that's how you should be treating <laughs> other people you interact with as if they already have. Mm. Yeah, 
that is that is that is smart <laughs> so <laughs> yeah anyways um that was a brief introduction y'all <laughs> so um yeah let's, let's just like officially begin with this episode so yeah uh so for the first question jeffrey is that you know give a kind of like a brief introduction to yourself i know i know you from college and our times in classes together and just like outside of classes during college but if you can just provide a brief introduction of what you do now to the audience and like experiences you had in the past um i know you're involved and very passionate about film which is kind of like the topic that we'll be discussing today i know Mm -hmm. a lot of you um obviously watch movies and are big (laughs) film people so we're gonna have a very interesting conversation on how film now is during coronavirus so (laughs) so yeah jeffrey if you can uh you know give that introduction Yeah, of course. So, hey, everybody. My name is Jeffrey Ramos. I am a indie filmmaker. I spend most of my time freelancing in a bunch of different jobs. And what freelancing means, basically, is we sort of work on a contract basis. So depending on the project or whatever, um, you know, situation we're brought into, we work for a length of time until the completion of the product or when we're when our job is done, and then we leave the project. And so Um, Working in that freelance lifestyle, normally people have multiple jobs that they have. The joke we generally have is like, you know, when people ask what are our long term goals, it's like have a gig. And then people are like, oh, what's a long? No, what's a farther goal than that? We say have two gigs is the Mm -hmm. running joke. And so um, so what I'm doing right now currently is I'm mainly a freelance production assistant. Um, I have been in the industry for almost two years now. Um, and this is the starting position for any um, any position in the film industry, whether that's doing audio, whether that's doing studio work, or whether that's, you know, learning how to do gaffing or something else like that. Um, you start as a production assistant. So that's what I do. Um, I'm mainly prevalent in the indie scene. So all between L.A., whether that's commercials, uh, music videos or short films I'm getting involved with. I'm moving, working towards being on a more. Um, larger sets like studio shoots mm-hmm. and stuff um, and so I mainly am focusing on production which has to deal with the actual manifestation of the vision you know we have a bunch of great people that are involved in making things and so how I contribute to the process is I am generally a person that helps you know figure out you know the scene is about you know like um, two brothers that both need to go take stuff to the laundry you know what can we see if they're going to the laundry? Do they drive a nice car? Do they drive a small car? If they're going to the laundry, um, do does one guy have like little to no clothes left because it's all in the dirty laundry? So he has to wear like, you know, whatever he has left versus the other brother who maybe was ready to clean up his laundry because he does this every two weeks on a schedule, on a plan. So these are just small tips Um on how we communicate like the vision and story we're telling. So that's what I generally do. Um, I graduated from UC Riverside with a bachelor's of science degree in business administration, concentration in management. And I minored in theater, film and digital production. Um, I guess um, within my time frame of joining the industry, I have been able to work on multiple small indie sets. I was able to produce and co-write my own short film called Air, which is currently out in festivals. We have been officially selected at the New York Latino Film Festival, at the Silicon Valley Asian Pacific Film Festival are just some to point out. And my goal moving forward is to, you know, 
keep expanding my skill set, hopefully working towards that, you know, studio side of things. And also, um, re most recently, I'm interested in directing. Um, and of course, you know, as I'm only two years in, there's a lot of more doors I still have to open. So, yeah, um, I don't, I hopefully answered everything. I When you mean experiences mm -hmm. in the past, man, I can, <laughs> I can go back to college and be like, you yeah. know, I wasn't doing that much film in college, but here I am now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we all have to start off with somewhere. And I mean, I know <laughs> you could say very little about film. I could just tell you about like, movies and stuff and like what people do like versus like an actor a director versus like a stunt person um mm -hmm. but you know just to follow up before we move on to the next question is um i didn't mention that you do like kind of like indie stuff um like mm -hmm. film and kind of separate gigs and you know i believe you mentioned correct me if i'm wrong that you know most people that want to kind of like break in to like the major film kind of like world as in like Hollywood mm -hmm. or that kind of type of big, um, you know, producing at a big level that are, you know, very famous. Do they usually um, start off with that kind of stuff that they do just like kind of gigs um, before they make it big? Um, is that kind of like the consensus among mm -hmm. indie filmmakers? Like they're hoping to make it big or as opposed to some indie filmmakers where they want to stay indie and they feel like that's unique. I don't know if you can like touch upon that a little bit more. Sure, of course. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Um, well, to to sort of canvas the entire statement, everyone yeah. <laughs> in the industry has a different story. I have heard stories where a friend of mine was like a photographer and they got referred to a friend of a friend and then they ended up in Las Vegas doing a shoot and then they ran into like an Instagram influencer mm -hmm. and then who got connected to like Kanye West's like PR person <laughs> and do photography for them. Like, everyone has a different story of how to get in and that's also what they tell us in school i think you know depending on what you want to do of course i think generally um like everybody it's you have to dip your toe into the industry um just like dipping your toe into a pool you have to get to know people there whether that's um, people in theater whether that's people in film or audio department you have to declare that yes this is what i want to do um, the indie scene is a great place to do that because they're always happening around. There are a lot of artists, especially here in L.A., that is always working on stuff. Um, of course, you know, you can also, you know, if you want to do radio, if you want to do Warner Brothers and stuff, you know, those are coveted positions everyone's working towards. So it is a bit tougher to break into there. Um, so back, you know, back to answer your question, indie is a great scene to do that, especially to get your hands dirty and get your experience um but for sure if you want to you know like make it big you know some um there's uh for example um the guy that plays lucius malfoy in um harry potter he was like a lawyer till he was 35 years old i believe i might be getting this wrong um and then he decided i want to be an actor so um mm. people you know it, success varies and the way you get into just varies but india is a for sure great scene for people to get involved with the community mm. cool yeah, I mean, that it's sort of like a indie is like a way where it's like you're doing multiple kind of like internships. Um, that's that's like what I'm getting mm -hmm. at right now. And until so you kind of like make it big. So it's like kind of like crafting your art almost because um, I know some people that just, you know, make independent films or they film with their friends and just like upload mm -hmm. it to YouTube and they try to buy like the best equipment and stuff and like invest their money 
they want to go into film in like kind of like good equipment and you know good like cameras and just like film and stuff like that so i see it as like multiple mm-hmm. internships if um if you if you see it as that <laughs> yeah no i agree man i'm still doing internships now so <laughs> everything is get about getting more education cool cool so yeah moving on then um to the next question is uh when do you real uh when did you realize jeffrey that you wanted to kind of like get involved with film um and if you took i know you said you minored um in kind of like theater mm-hmm. at ecr so it's like was it one specific class or was it before college that you were kind of like passionate about film and i i know that um you mentioned to me that you have like you were kind of like in social impact i don't know if you can correct me if i'm wrong but like mm-hmm. you can see that blending of social impact and film so you know just talking a little bit about like when did you get passionate about film whether it was in college when you were minoring in some classes or it was it before mm-hmm. college and like if you saw that need of you know social impact in film so i know it's a lot of information to process but <laughs> no of course no thank, thank thank you for the question sir yeah. i know i know it's a tough job being a host and you know asking good questions so i appreciate that yeah. um for me like for my personal life like it was like building like a domino trail like i took a i, I took a high school drama class and that was like one domino i put down and then when I went into college, like I took, I, you know, I had to take my general breath courses. I was a business major, of course. But then I was like, I sort of like this. I want to do, you know, I'm at a university. I want to pursue a more elevated education of this since I have access to these resources. It was like another domino, another domino. And then I was like, you know, I've done this so much here. I've wanted a minor. And I, sh- and I tell everybody in college, definitely get a minor. If you're thinking about it, 100% do it. Um, so I was like, I'm going to invest some more, put some more dominoes. I came over the summer so that I could get my minor in, in TFDP as we call it, because I needed to graduate in four years. And then when I graduated, like all the dominoes were set up. I did, I went around the business world trying to figure out my strength, my weaknesses and what I love to do. And then just a moment sort of hit me where it just, all the dominoes fell. And I was like, you know. I've always been interested in this. I've always been interested in the community and the people. Uh, I, what I value the most in this industry or even just in the arts industry in general is that when you're working at this at a professional level, mm-hmm. you're working with creativity and intelligence. And that's what it is together. And that's what I love about it. It's a true dedication to how can you intellectually plan this to be an effective message. And then creatively, it's like, you know, whether that's how long a character's hair is or whether that's the purple tint or whatever all these things go into storytelling and i really love that in this industry we're working towards something at least for me i'm working for something bigger than myself you know i'm working for inspiration and i'm working for community and i'm working for you know opportunities just like humanity in general so i love that idea that i'm working towards something big to myself um i believe that um (laughs) Definitely the education helped me, you know, realize that because without those small steps, I wouldn't have made the jump. Um, there there was one moment, I will say, um, when I did my film, you know, I was, we have so much stuff happens to make a film, you know, you can spend hours and days just to make two, two minutes of content. And at the end of my giant shoot, the biggest project I have produced so far as of this moment, um, you know, I made so many mistakes, I had shortcomings, I was challenged. And, 
you know, I did everything to pull this thing together, driving across LA, begging and asking people. And then the next day after it was all done, after we shot it, you know, we still had things to do. But the next day after we were done being at Riverside in 116 degree weather <laughs> with our clothes and it was so hot. I remember waking up the next day and I was like, okay, what's next? What's the next project? <laughs> and despite all the situation and all the problems that happened, I was like, what's the next project? And that's sort of when I knew that I, oh, I definitely want to do this. Um, yes, I did. The second part of your question, did I minor take some classes in theater film at UCR as a business major? Yes, I did do that. Um, I believe that I had I met some really great professors. For example, I met Professor Carrazza, Luis Carrazza, great actor. Mm-hmm. Um, Professor Louis, um, Kimberly Guerrero, who is a great actress. She just recently had a movie come out, um, The Glorious. And um, I also, one of my mentors is Stu Krieger, who was one of the creators and writers of The Land Before Time. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, it through UCR, I got to meet these great people who have never without a question when I email them, they always reach back to me and say, Hey, Jeffrey, how's it going? Let's chat. Let's have lunch. Let's do this. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. And that's awesome that you're doing the, you know, the work in that you want to explore themes around, like, you know, you said you mentioned community and like people. Um, so I think that's really awesome. Uh, is, and is that what you kind of like envision? that you want to do for like your future projects or film? Like, cause I know there's a lot of movies I can't really think of the top of my head <laughs> that really mm-hmm. back to me. It's like, Oh, this really talks about like a issue in society or this really ta- focuses on like, this is an important film um, that really stresses on like, it makes you like think almost. Cause I feel like that's what um, is important about film and like the arts and entertainment. It's like, yeah, movies, a movie just for entertainment, but same mm-hmm. time like movies can teach you very like important let's lessons like for example like one of my favorite actors is you know denzel washington and he makes oh uh, denzel great yeah. guy <laughs> he makes like <laughs> impactful films like that you can watch such as you know like the malcolm x movie or like movie like mm-hmm. fences for example or oh, yeah. titans and stuff like you know films that deal with like human emotion and stuff like that so um, just reverting back to the question, um, you you envision that your um, future projects have that sense of like impact where um, people or a large audience might want to like talk about it and see that, oh, this is an important film to discuss and really digest. Um, and this has like a bigger kind of like concept. It's not just for like entertainment purposes. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And let me tell you, Denzel did a great job on the book of Eli. That is a great oh, movie. Yeah, Definitely. Great movie. I'll watch it. <laughs> Everybody a lot of machete action. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you for asking. I think that, you know, I think it's a big honor just to state really quickly that, you know, people when they come out of work or when people when they've had a long day or not a good day, whether that's because of their family, friends or acquaintances or work, you know, life is complicated mm-hmm. that we that I get a chance to, you know, offer them an escape or offer them an opportunity <laughs> to feel something else. Um I think every project matters. Um, You know, sometimes it's not about the message. Sometimes it's about giving a good ride for people. For me, I love the fact that, you know, when I work on these projects, it's about, you know, it's, it's, it's not just, nobody's making this to like, you know, 
I don't want to say like for a profit because you know that's that's what that's what the true professionals do and that's what yeah. I'm hoping to work for. Mm -hmm. But I feel like everyone that's working on a project is really trying to be like, okay, you know, this isn't going to my boss or some CEO, and I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna be selling, you know, like uh, I don't know, like uh, doing your taxes, for example. Let me tell you, my parents are accounts too. I love them. Oh. Tax is very important. Pay your taxes, people. Um, but I really love, you know, it's a broader message. We're working for, you know, if it's a short rom-com, maybe we're trying to offer people. Like, for example, right now, the pandemic, um, there's a lot of companies buying up book rights right now. Um, there's a big demand for romantic comedies and light humor. Mm, and so that's what the studios are buying and offering right now because that's what people need in the streaming services. So there's mm. a big push for that in the industry. Um, so I back to, to simplify what I'm saying. I love the aspect that I'm working for, like bigger things than me. You know, in every story, I always love stories that involve sacrifice, chasing what you love and love of some sort you know whether that's with a person friend um brother sister you know stuff like that those are three themes i always want in my films mm. yeah but I, the social issues ones are also very good and very important too mm, for sure yeah i know you touched on a lot about stuff which i'll get on later because <laughs> mm -hmm. i know we're gonna talk about like i think there's a question i have here that touches upon like you know our favorite films and just like why and are like kind of like our directors in their series of film but that's you know that's for later on <laughs> for... oh dang i was gonna say i want to know your favorite film owen oh yeah i mean we could talk about it now so <laughs> I mean, no, you're 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 the boss here i'm the guest <laughs> i mean we can save the best for last so i say we just do, do that at the end <laughs> gotcha gotcha okay of course <laughs> cool so yeah before we get into that is um what are your, your kind of like your favorite aspects about um working in entertainment or film in general um what i mean to be more clear if this question seems vague aspects as in like whether it be you know in production working with people or you know producing or seeing the film come to life um once it's all done like if that can give you like a general kind of like hints of you know the aspects of like working in film so yeah sure yeah like sort of like if you were working in film what would your day look like sort of yeah and like what would your day look like and just like favorite aspects of in the day of making a film so yeah gotcha yeah for sure so let me tell you off first off i'm gonna take you towards just one specific road which is like one i've traveled there are tons of people that make a film whether that's your post-production people audio editors editors uh, masters, um, composers, gaffers, cinematographers, um, sound, uh, lighting design, costume. There are so many people that contribute to this. So I'm going to take you through the life of a PA, which is what I generally do. We are the lowest on the totem pole. <laughs> on a project, you are the first person there and the last person to go. A PA generally reports to what's called the first assistant director. Um, who is essentially, I would say, the manager of time of the day. The, the technical boss on set during a day is the director, um, but they are in charge of the creative vision, so they give their responsibilities to the first assistant director, who's in charge of being like, okay, it's 8 o'clock, people, time to get going, or we have spent you know over 20 minutes on this scene when we were only supposed to spend 10 minutes on this scene, so we have to keep going. So the first assistant director is in charge of like, the master control of time in every department. 
They are also in charge of safety, which means if somebody does something, you know, potentially that's not safe, they will exnate it or bring it up to the director and be like, I don't believe this thing is safe. We cannot continue to do this without them. Um, so as a PA, um, you walk in. I think, you know, being a PA is hard work, let me tell you. Um, everybody always is asking a PA for something, whether that's your boss, a different department. And since you're, you know, the lowest on the totem pole, you do have to help. And that's how you get noticed. Um, I think the best part, I guess, um, what I really like is I really love this community of people. So, for example, on the first shoot that I had, um, I remember I came in my very first gig. You know, I was I was working, you know, I still do business stuff because I do I do enjoy that. And, you know, I need to stay my income as I'm following my dreams. Um, I remember showing up and I was very like business like, you know, I wanted to see people. I wanted people to see me be competent, that I can do the job, even though it was my first time doing it. So I'm sure you could imagine how well of a job I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and then during lunch, I remember um, there was one of the second assistant camera people. And, and my job was to go get the lunch for everybody and set up the table. So I went over and then the second assistant camera went over to me. And he was chatting with his other friends about how he used to work at Apple and stuff and yada, yada. And he was like, oh, I can go help this guy. And the first the producer was like, oh, you don't need to do that like at all. And he's like, nah, you got so many people here. You don't need me. Let me go help help and set up lunch. And so he he rode in my car with me. He told me about what he was doing. He was going to work on the voice after the shoot um, on a concert just like the next weekend. And there he was just like helping me grab the pizzas and getting out the napkins and a very selfless person just you know, was willing to lend a hand. And I really love that about people. Of course, you have your special characters, but there are a lot of people there that love what they do. They are there because they want to be there and they really are putting in the extra miles because they want, they, we live in a community of people that are very empathetic and understand that people, how we affect people is important and how we help each other is really good. Cool. That sounds, yeah, that's all great stuff right there. And um, which leads me into my next question. It's kind of tied in, but um, I mean, the point of the podcast is to talk about, you know, like businessy type stuff during COVID. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, Can I ask you, like, you know, what do you, what do you enjoy? Cause I know you're interested in like social impact work um, and you, you know, worked for a lot of educational system. What about you, Owen? Uh, like favorite things about film specifically? Well, not film specifically. I know I know the episodes about film, but like for you, like what about your line of work, whether that's this podcast or what you do? Oh, I mean, specifically, you know, for the main theme, like what I believe in is obviously like what you mentioned all about, like taking your case specifically about making films about like, you know, the bigger community and just having like an impact in people. And mm-hmm. that is totally about me, um, you know, having a social impact, whether that be you know, an education or like a different industry that I, you know, plan to go in, um, mm-hmm. you know, because we always eventually, you know, it's not, um, you know, I feel like, you know, life is ever constant and changing. So I feel like it's good to, you know, get different experiences with people in different mm-hmm. industries, because every, a lot of skill sets um, that you learn in one industry applies to another and you know refine those and it's always good to you know just learn about different things instead of sticking with one thing for like 30 years or mm-hmm. something like that because i can't imagine myself 
doing something for like example like a finance role for like 40 years <laughs> so that kind of thing so what's really important to me is as, as long as i'm having like a social impact and really having talking about the bigger issues um mm-hmm. with people whether that be in education or i don't know other industries like health or like for you specifically film just talking about you know the bigger issues that are affecting people um you know for me specifically my kind of long-term goal is like you know steady but surely i'm slowly you know networking my way in (laughs) i'm just you know finding out um to go to grad school because i feel like i miss the educational setting um and really being with people and i really enjoy learning specifically i mean i've done Mm -hmm. education for two years and i you know learning is always dear to my heart and i really appreciate mentors and teachers um you know that provide really good service and education so i plan to use trying to get Mm -hmm into like the tech kind of space more specifically like data science because i majored mm-hmm. in i concentrated in info systems i didn't know what i was going to do <laughs> ucr was bouncing mm-hmm. around i was like should i do marketing or management but i said info systems was kind of unique um and obviously i feel like a lot of tech like either that be startups or something or the major companies are really focusing on social impact there's a lot of cool companies that a lot of people don't know about that are doing awesome stuff with tech and data science and i come want to combine my um like passion for uh learning about like data and tech and really mm-hmm. using that unique way of um using you know combining that to really impact people um like for example there's a company out there um mm-hmm. that i participate in like a, it wasn't like a hackathon i think it was like a hackathon or like a data camp what you call it um they're called data kind and they're like a uh, organization that uses data in the service of humanity, which is like super cool. Oh, like they use data science to solve issues like poverty or just like healthcare, education, a lot of topics um, that a lot of nonprofits are dealing with. So I think that's really awesome, and that's kind of like the route I want to go in. I know that was a lot right there, <laughs> but no, that no, that that's great, Ooh. man. Yeah, no, I think you know, there's so much information about people. You know what they eat. Yeah. The, you know, what their educations are and, you know, maybe what they're limited to because of their geographic location. If we're using that information for good, which, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people are using it for bad right now. But if we <laughs> use it for good, it, you know, we can see an advancement in our society. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, just the last moment before we move on to the other questions, um, you know, like my last podcast episode, number two, um, one of my hosts, Derek, we talked a very interesting thing about this is why I want to get into social impact like I asked him, like, oh, what do you think is the biggest, you know, challenge in, like, the education world? And mm-hmm. he said, there's a lot, but I think he just named one. It's a big thing. It's inequity. And I thought that was very interesting about, like, access, you know, people's access to things. Because I, mm-hmm. you know, as we grew up, we got access to, you know, UCR, great education. Um, great education. Yeah. Love UCR. Yeah. UC Riverside. <laughs> Shout out to all UCR Highlanders listening. It's Go Highlanders. <laughs> um but um, yeah, we got access to a really good, well-rounded institution, a great education. Um, you know, I went to a good high school, um, you know, great schools. But then again, there's some people that grow up like kids, not even just like around the world, like even in America that grow up in that don't get access to things like in terms mm-hmm. of education that really affects your life trajectory. Sometimes it's about access and like they don't really um grow up in a great educational settings or that household and stuff and like it has a very dramatic effect and like you know we talk Mm -hmm. about inequity so 
Yeah, it affects their personal development too, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why I was like, mentorship sometimes plays a big role. And that's why I devoted myself two years in education to be at least, you know, try to be a mentor to somebody. So Yeah, no, that's great. I believe that all teachers should make a million dollar salary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean I mean, that's a complex issue, but <laughs> that's not the focus. It is, but, yes, but blanket support is there for you, our educators. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, cool. So that was thank you for that, Jeffrey. Little sort of interlude, <laughs> but um, <laughs> of course, yeah. Um, now to the the big question. Now that we're in this pandemic, is you know coronavirus, and I've been hearing a little bit about coronavirus and how it affects affected the film industry. I can mm-hmm. um, bring up some um, some numbers or facts, uh, but like, how has COVID affected your work in film? And in a bigger sense, like, how do you think that COVID, you know, for the major people, like like the Steven Stil- Spielbergs or something like that, like oh, working man. in film, an icon, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> they're working <laughs> in film. Um, how do you think they'll be affected by COVID since like entertainment's kind of like weird right now in terms of like film. Mm-hmm. So um, like, for example, one of my favorite directors is Christopher Nolan. So mm-hmm. made like Inception, The Dark Knight, phenomenal director. Dark Knight, great <laughs> movie. Yeah. I know every line, man. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, like phenomenal movies that he's made. I think he's a great director and it makes me so mad that I can't see. Well, I mean, the new blockbuster right now is Tenet that came out mm-hmm. um which i obviously i am going to see because i heard really good things about it i don't yeah. know about now. i still need to see it too mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know about now because it's kind of tricky but when it goes on streaming which obviously it will um i, I definitely want to see it and you know i heard it was like struggling kind of now and even like warner brothers ceo like admitted mm-hmm. that oh it didn't make as much revenue or a lot of people had safety concerns about seeing it um because like in September, because um, I, I don't know if the movie came out in theaters like August or something like that, but mm-hmm. by September it only grossed like two hundred fifty million dollars. Which I mean, it sounds like a lot of money for the people listening in, but in terms of like movies, there's a lot of movies that make way more than that over the span of like yeah, even on opening weekends. Like I guess Harry Potter, Star Wars, they make like you know, don't count me on these numbers. I might be wrong, but like seven hundred something million dollars, but. <laughs> It's a lot wow. of money. So, but going back to the question, like, you know, we, mm-hmm. like I just mentioned about, um, you know, film getting affected, like theaters having mm-hmm. to practice social distancing measures, um, you know, streaming services being really popular right now. But how has COVID affected specifically your work? And how is it uh, affecting like major, if you know any information, like major uh, yeah, of course. filmmakers? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so for me, um, definitely it affected my line of work a lot. Um, when when COVID specifically happened, you know, like I told you, working in the freelancing space, you're dependent, you know, you have generally multiple sources of income. Um, and when COVID happened, I lost all my jobs that I spent a good amount of time trying to develop. Um, one thing I really love to do was I work for a company that does a lot of audio monitoring. So I generally go to the Rose Bowl and I help um, in the concerts, for example. I've worked for BTS. I've worked for the Rolling Stones. And I went out and did the Tropicalia Festival. And so um, that's something that I really love to do. But um, obviously there are no social gatherings right now. 
And so when COVID happened, I lost all my jobs and as well as my film gigs just completely shut down, Um, which I think a lot of people did in the beginning, too. Um, Really, no one knew how to get around this because um, for my for my side, you know, we you know, we're generally working with smaller budgets than these giant studios um, that can afford a lot of like safety parameters and stuff. And, you know, we had to learn about, you know, wearing masks and we had to learn about social distancing and, you know, outdoors is better than indoors. Um, so it was just a complete stop. Um, for me personally, I did not have a gig for about a solid six months, I believe, since mm-hmm. February hit, um, which was a really, really long time um, for my gig work. Um and so I guess from from that point to where COVID is now, um, I was on a set. We did a music video for an artist called Doza. Go ahead and check it out. Um, mm, cool. <laughs> I was a production coordinator and I also assisted with COVID on it. And so what we had to do was we there was a lot of implementation. We had three rounds of testing to start off with. So everybody on set had to get tested um, two weeks before, a week before, and then a week after the shoot and they had to submit that all to us we had every department was in charge of cleaning their own materials um every everybody had to wear face masks all times everyone had to wear a face shield at the same time as well um we made sure that there was limited um space to get into the food areas that only a only a designated few people could go there so that there was no crowding and we all ate outdoors during the eating times um, those are some ways we have adapted to COVID. But for sure, you know, this, even today right now, people are figuring out what's the best way. Because on a film set, there is very little personal space, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. Very little personal space. We have a very communal system of work. When we have lunch, we all have lunch at the same time. That doesn't happen anymore on some sets, you know. But before, everyone used to sit around and eat together or... If we're filming like in a bathroom, you know, like the character goes in the bathroom, a, ba- a bathroom is small. <laughs> so to get the lighting people to get the grips or to get the camera people like you have to have a, a skeleton crew do that to ensure safety. Because safety is always the number one important thing. So for me, um, it's definitely, you know, had next to no work in the beginning. We are seeing, you know, we're we're taking hint from what the bigger productions and the bigger studios are doing you know of course because they're the ones that all have the most resources and the best knowledge on how to go about this safely um now in terms of like entertainment industry as a whole um something that differs from every other industry versus working for a company or for your stockholders the way a film is sort of made is like a group project type of way everyone buys in somehow mm-hmm. so you generally have a studio that provides funding or requests um, either invest in a film idea or is asking for um, a specific thing. Like I told you right now, they're asking for a lot more light humor, the streaming services, so people can watch that in, in their houses. Um, and then um, where there are unions, for example, sag After Guild, which is the Screen Actors Guild. Um, you also have um, the lighting, lighting group, the Directors Guild of America, the Producers Guild of America, and all of these groups together are unionized and they all sort of before COVID generally they would all provide people to make a product and then they move on to the next one. And so when COVID hit, we, it, 
it became very hard to do this group project because if anybody was not invested or anybody had to pull out because they didn't agree with anything, you know, a film could not be made. If, um, for example, if the um, camera department, if the can is the cinematographers don't believe that what they agree on in a shoot is safe, they will pull out. Hmm. And you you can't make a film without cinematographers. Yeah. <laughs> if if the Screen Actors Guild say this is not you know, this shoot or whatever, you know, this product does not have enough good safety guidelines. Our actors will get sick. They will not send their actors. And you can't have a film without actors. <laughs> Same thing with the studio. You know, if the studio is like, you know, this is either too much money or, you know, like um, they, they don't believe in the product, they'll just pull their money and we can't make a film without money. <laughs> so the industry was very heavily hit on this. Um because everyone needs to agree, everyone needs to buy in. So essentially, the entertainment industry completely stopped. There are moves towards currently right now, as of today, they are making efforts. The productions are still going on. A lot of people have moved the productions overseas or internationally um, mm -hmm. because they have had lower COVID numbers and a lower chance of infection, which makes sense. Um, I was recently on a project that I can't speak about um, from NDA. Um, where I worked with a company and essentially I had to do three, four COVID tests basically back to back before the shoot. So I had to take it three days before, two days before, the day before, day of, and then I was done. But all during those times, um, they had a COVID team. Everyone had to wear masks. There was um, stagnated eating times. Um, there was also... Um, uh, I don't even know what to call it. We had like, it would look like a fumigator. Think of like a little like water gun, but it like sprays out liquid and that sort of clean stuff on set because, mm. you know, actors have to, you know, hug their parents or give a kiss to their wife or girlfriend, or if they're leaning over a car, you know, their hands are going to go onto the car. So all that needs to be cleaned up. Um, so um, actors have props, you know, we got to clean that all. So in terms of the whole industry, you know, definitely affected ours a lot. Um, and people like Steven Spielberg and stuff, sort of like you said with Christopher Nolan, um, people can't go to the movie theaters anymore. So a lot of, you know, that definitely hurt the industry because people can't go to the film theaters. Mm -hmm. um, companies like AMC are finding a tough time to survive right now. Um, and just that's just because, you know, we can't safely have people watch movies unless it's like a drive through or something. Um, yeah, that... That sorry, that took a long time, but yeah, it's um, there's a lot of there's a lot of people involved in making a film, so yeah, cool. And yet, do you think just to follow up, um, with the time being while COVID is around, do you think is that how like film and entertainment can be sustainable is through, um, just rapid testing of everyone involved in a project or a film, like whether the, you know the actors, directors, so you know the rapid uh you know, testing, uh, testing everybody a lot. <laughs> Cause I know the, mm -hmm. the, the sports UFC did that. They tested crazy. Uh, you can look it up, but uh, there was like fights. I don't know a lot about it, but my cousin is a big UFC person. Um, mm -hmm. And she mentioned that to, in order for their operation to run, they tested like crazy and they cleaned like crazy, like everywhere. Um, so do you think that's how like film can sustain in the time being that, if somebody wants to do a project is to test everybody and make sure everything's safe, like cleaning. Um, and I know like obviously mask wearing, but 
when you're making a movie, obviously wearing masks is kind of awkward because <laughs> mm-hmm. obviously like the whole film, if you have people wearing masks, it's kind of awkward um, unless you like, I don't know, edit out by some CGI kind of type of thing. <laughs> but um, yeah, because like obviously, you know, for the major directors who film outdoors, um, I don't know what the, you have to ask like certain <laughs> people, like mm-hmm. I have the rights to film here just for a week, like outdoors in this specific space. Um, but I can do it safely. But um, yeah, is that kind of like strategy? Yeah. You think just like rapid testing, cleaning, um, mask wearing. But obviously, if you know, you for sure know that the person's negative, that you can, you know, have the actor, the actor specifically um, take off their mask and, you know, continue on with like a project or a scene. Yeah. So to answer your first question, 100% yes. Everyone should get tested. I recommend everybody gets tested as much as you can. Yeah. Um, you know, that's what they did in a lot of countries that have been successful with it. You know, it's called tracing contact. You know, mm-hmm. we if everybody gets tested, then we can find who is, you know, who is sick and needs help. And then we basically quarantine them in a specific section. And then when they get better, it makes sure everybody else is safer. Um, um there are a lot of protocols that have been written in and it's taken a long time by some really good professionals and all the guilds and all the unions of how to minimize things. For example, um, generally actors like we're very touchy and feely on set, but unfortunately that's something we can't do right now. So a lot of actors now have like a specific either assistant or a PA and they are the only ones that can touch them, either bring them water or either they're the only ones that can hold on to their mask, for example, on set, you know, even in between takes. It's like, okay, we're going to take off the mask for the take. We did the take. Okay, even if it's like two minutes, they're going to look at the footage. They're going to ask them to put them put their masks back on. Um, and, you know, this sort of brought up another thing about um, what you said on the indie scene. Um, it's expensive to make a film. And now, you know, what we're ultimately worried about is that, you know, somebody gets sick on set and, you know, the for whoever's reasons fault, you know, whether it's production, a person lied on, you know, lied and said they weren't positive or uh, even though they were showing symptoms um, for whatever reason, um, then you have sick people that, you know, potentially can get other people sick, um, maybe get their family members, you know, sick or loved ones. And, you know, this is a disease that's killing people right now. So it's not something that we can joke about. Um, Mm -hmm. This is something that we have to take seriously and that people are losing their lives over. Um, But even back to the indie scene, you know, the reason I bring this up is it's hard enough to make a film. And now when you have that danger and you have a very small budget, you know, it costs money to have insurance. It costs money to have safety people involved. It costs money to manpower and, you know, to be able to have those logistics and those supplies in place. So for a lot of the indie scene, they have had to, you know, just do what they can to do uh, do it. out, you know, even filming outdoors, you have to pay for a permit that will say that you're going to be there for so and so hours. Um, so yeah, so you know, it's expensive. The the industry, the bigger studios are suffering financially, and they're trying to figure out a way on how they can turn a profit so they they don't go away because we don't want films to go. But definitely for the indie scene, you know, they're like they're just trying to keep up and do the best with what they can. Um, and 100% I tell anybody, any filmmakers out there, if you're out there, you know, we always want our filmmakers safe. We, the people we have on set are generally our friends and our people that are helping want to help make your vision possible. So I 
100%. Make sure your crew is happy and safe. Mm, yeah, great, great advice right there, Jeffrey. <laughs> and um, yeah, let's let's see, man, because yeah, movie theaters ain't doing so hot. <laughs> and you know, I hope. You know, mm-hmm. um, I wish you know they could you know stay somehow. I don't know. I'm not gonna say like. I don't know government bailout, but <laughs> not that type of stuff. But like, I don't know what's gonna happen. But um, yeah. Before we finish up here, um, just last kind of this actually, yeah, last two questions. First one, mm-hmm. follow up. We're actually last three. We're gonna talk, we still have to talk about our favorite films. Just a little. You know, oh oh yeah, man. Of course, I want to know. Yeah, favorite parts. <laughs> but before that, um, just a follow up question is, um, do you feel like there is a need for um? Like, I know how you mentioned, like, light comedies and romantic films on kind of, like, a, um, for streaming. Um, is there, do you feel like there's a need for just, like, indie filmmakers or even, like, big-time people to, like, now during this time to exercise creativity and, um, kind of, like, work with what they have to really, um, you know, bring people into like, I guess you could say the light. <laughs> I, sounds like I'm a prophet, but like, not. <laughs> but, you know, um, bring people into the light and really, you know, shine some light during these times and really make some creative and, you know, hopefully um, films that make them smile or make them like laugh a lot kind of thing, like mm-hmm. whether that be small projects on YouTube, um, that kind of thing. So you feel like there's an urgent need now for that in the film. What 100%. If you are a creator, and let me tell you, everyone listening to this podcast, you are a creator. Whether that was the macaroni art you were in first grade, whether that you um, can sing or play an instrument, or whether that's you, you know, you you had to design a very pretty project for your, you know, business class, and you made your PowerPoint very pretty, and you're very proud of that. You are all creators. Every in, every human being has within them the ability to create things and to tell a story. Um and that's exactly what people are latching onto right now, Owen. Like, everyone's at home watching YouTube. Everyone's at home, yeah. you know, streaming or trying out the new um, season on Netflix <laughs> yeah, or <me>. etc. <laughs> and it's because we we need that right now. We need because we can't see each other in person. We can't, you know, hug each other. We can't go out to dance or go to the club or we can't have a really big conference and. Or, you know, go to Anime Expo with your friends and buy really expensive stuff. Yeah. Um, but these are these are things that everybody needs and everybody everybody could use right now. So if you're a creator, do do what you can, you know, make a make a small TikTok, make a small, you know, skit um, at home. Um, my sister, she is a she's a fourth year right now at Pepperdine. And every day I sort of do like a character study on her about what's it like to like study at home. Cause I'll tell you right now, if I had to study at home, I don't think I could do it. I'll be honest with you. Well, yeah. That's why I'm holding I... off on grad school. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so if you're a creator out there, do the best what you can, because you know, pandemic or not, or if the sky's on fire, you're going to find a way to create things. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. And people love to watch what people create, man. When I see, I have a friend named Julia and she doesn't consider herself an artist, but I saw one time she had this like piece art piece in her room. And I was like, what is that? And she's like, Oh, this is coffee art. I make art out of coffee. Like she dips her fingers in the coffee and she draws things and it's so pretty and it's so cool. And I'm like, 
I love this. This is great, Julia. And she's like, oh, that's not a real thing. I'm like, no, it is a real thing. So everybody out there, make your stuff. Have fun. Do what you can because that's what anybody can do. Whether you have a you live in an apartment or you live in a giant house, do what you can. Make stuff. It's fun. You know, do what you can with your life because while we're, you know, it's important to keep safe, it's important. I also believe that you have an opportunity here. Take the opportunities you can. Yeah. And you actually, Jeffrey, gave me some inspiration. Um, sorry. Um, oh, actually, yeah. because, you know, even though I'm not in film, um, I'm planning to mm-hmm. build up like a website. It's slow and steady, kind of, but I plan Ooh. on displaying my personal projects that comes once I, you know, I'm learning a lot of classes online about like data. Mm-hmm like data science and stuff and just like the techniques involved with it. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like learning that on the side um, as well, um, you know, just to keep up with that and have my skills um, up to date. Um, and that's where grad school will come in. And I feel like I can refine those and really have more, you know, learn learn from professors and just like learn from people. And that's what I miss the most, but I plan to do like, you know, just trying out projects, honestly. And I think I think I'm a big like data visualization person. So, mm-hmm. you know, just looking at that and I've tried to make it creative because, you know, when I studied abroad in London, um, I went to a museum and they had like mm-hmm. a very interesting, like kind of a slideshow or no, not a slideshow. Yeah, it was a slideshow. Sorry. <laughs> but it was like in a room. Um, mm-hmm. where it had like a map or a global map and there was like just a whole bunch of numbers and facts like everywhere like obviously people think that you know just a specific number um, is like boring but just like something mm-hmm. attached to it like oh global or like poverty level percentage in this region and it, there just, you go, and man. it just flips like through a slideshow and you're just like I'm trying to keep this much like information in my mind but like it's um you know, I'm processing it and I think it's really awesome. And like, I would get like, you, you just think about that. You're like, Hmm, but this is really creative because it's not just throwing numbers. It has like maps and stuff and it has like music attached to it. Heck yeah, man. 100%, 100%. That's creative. Mm-hmm. And you made this podcast during, during COVID too, right? Yeah. And I mean, eventually when I plan to interview in person, <laughs> like down mm-hmm. the road in the future, I can take this podcast, like, or I can probably invest in a, better microphone or just have people like in a table kind of so we'll start off with just like episodes over the phone or something so but yeah man that so they say you know art art is humanity and humanity is art Mm, great great quote (laughs) so yeah before you know we're coming to the end here but last two Mm. questions the Mm -hmm. last questions being the best jk (laughs) but uh, (laughs) you know talking about our favorite films but um yeah, do you have any, I know we talked, you gave some advice during these times, but if anyone, whether that be a college student or high school, um, somebody who recently graduated in film, but are kind of like, mm-hmm. graduate college that are in film, sorry, that are kind of struggling, which is understandable, because during these times, or just like a high school, um, you know, kid that's interested in just like making film, mm-hmm. animated film, um, what advice do you have for them? to do now specifically um just to uh get involved with what they're passionate about i know like you just you mentioned or we mentioned that also we can do our own projects and stuff like that but is there any other advice you can have for people that want to get involved in film yeah of course so 
so first off, let me tell you all, you are not alone. There are, you are, you can do it. I believe in you. You are a talented person. You're going to work hard and you're going to make it. So let me tell you that number one, first off. Number two, I would highly recommend first start talking about it. That was a really big step for me to get um, to get my foot in the door industry. And let me tell you, I, I will say right now, you know, I still have a long way to go, I believe. Um, but definitely something that made me go from in the beginning. Um, I literally had like two lines on my resume for film. I remember that. And I was like, I, I need more lines on my resume. <laughs> so um, a big thing that changed that was just talking about it. Like, And let me tell you, there are people in this industry that are wannabes and there are people that do it. Of course, don't be a wannabe. Actually go and do it. So the way you can do that, number one, talk about it with other people. Ask for, you know, whether that's information, knowledge, or just continued connection. Talk about it. Be like, hey, I'm interested in the film industry. I'm not sure where to start, but I'm willing to work hard. I will show up and I will be there. Mm-hmm. Number one, talk about it. You never know where your first gig is going to be. Um, I had... For me, my first gig came from the dance community. I dance as a hobby. Um, I dance salsa. I dance fusion. I dance swing. And one of my first one was from a person that I literally crashed his house party that I did not know because it was a public Facebook event. Mm. <laughs> and so uh, long story short, um, I, I talked about that. I was interested and I was minoring it. And it turns out that person had a connection in the industry and they helped build me up. Um, so number one, definitely talk about it. Talk about your interests. Talk about what you want to do. If you're interested in cinematography, do YouTube videos. Um, talk about it. See what you can, knowledge you have at your fingertips. Mm. Um, and definitely, you know, bring it up in conversation, whether that's your family, your friends, or potential people you meet. Um, bring it up because it's sort of, I, I know it's daunting in the beginning, but bring it up, please. Number two, read books. This was a big mistake I made. I love to read. Let me tell you, Owen, I have been reading since I was a little kid. My mom used to take me to go get uh, to be read out loud story time by Miss Annette, who still works at my local library. And she sounds like a goddess to me every time I hear her. Um, But I never for some reason, I never read like too many film books. And it barely hit me a year into that. I was like, I should be reading more books. And I started reading them. And man. That is such a big difference. Go ahead and read what you're interested in. If you're interested in film, if you're interested in directing, read directing books. If you're interested in writing, read writing books. And even if you're not interested, you know, necessarily per se, feel free to just read books to understand more about other people's jobs. I can tell you right now, I am not a cinematographer, but I love to hear from cinematographers because they... (laughs) They have all the knowledge about what lenses that go with which, the uh, what red works best with what, like filter and the Aries. Um, and I love to hear from them because they are really good at visual storytelling. Um, a good film is a good film if you can take out the sound and still understand what the story is. So there is knowledge from every position and every person. Mm-hmm. But definitely read books 100%. If you're interested in finance, read finance. If you're interested in cooking buy cooking books read the biographies the people that make it read those read it that's number two so number one talk about it number two read books number three take every opportunity you can that is very important in COVID times i know it's very limited right now um but before COVID times i signed up for 
local community theater. I went and um, basically talked to the few people that I knew. I talked to old collaborators. I talked to um, friends that, you know, I, I'm a person that always believes in, you know, a breadth of friendships, whether that's whether they're in, in going to medical school or whether they're physicists. Um, talk to those people. Um, you never know who has had a career change in their life or whatever. So that in total, I believe, is my advice. Take take what opportunities you can. I went to my local um, film production studio here called KGM TV. Great place. Love them. Love working with them. Very community driven, very artsy people that I felt I could be in my community. And now I'm at a sort of point where, um, you know, I mean, I still take every opportunity I can. Don't get me wrong. But definitely when you're starting out, you know, if you have to drive an hour or two hours away for your first opportunity or for your first cup, take it. I know, I know that is tough. I know gas is expensive. And I know after a long day, you're going to be tired and going to drive back. But let me tell you right now, you are working towards your dream. And if you are working towards your dream, you want, do you want your dream in 10 years from now or do you want it now? So think of it as an investment into your thing. Uh, lastly, um, this isn't really general advice on how to get in, but I'm telling you right now, if you're worried about making it big and you're worried about, you know, am I going to be like, you know, I want to be rich and I want to be famous and I got to get there now. Let me tell you, first off, nothing in this industry is guaranteed. Let me give you to that straight. But number, but I think what's really important is think about how you are spending your time. When you are growing up, you are only 22 one time in your life. You're only 43 one time in your life. And I want you to think about is the time I'm spending doing what I'm doing right now worth it? Either one, you are work, you are having a crappy time, but you're working towards something. So that's okay, because you're growing and developing. Or number two, you are enjoying what you're doing, and you're going to grow and do more. So ask yourself, if you're in the film industry, am I enjoying what I'm doing? Am I spending my time appropriately? And let me tell you, when you can say yes to that answer, when you can say yes, you know, it's hard work, but I am spending the time I want to right now. And I feel great because that's how I feel right now. Um, I might have a career change. You never know. Maybe I can get it in an accident and I can't, you know, maybe I lose my legs or maybe um, I have a situation where maybe I can't, um, you know, do the work that I like to do as much. Um, that stuff can happen. Life happens. But if you were to ask me, you know, 40 years from now, maybe I maybe let's say I'm interested in uh, nonprofit work, which I do love. I love nonprofit work. I go into that. And you asked right now, I'm 24 years old. Jeffrey, did you actually enjoy what you did when you were 23 and 22 or 24 doing that film stuff? And I can tell you right now, 100 percent, I would say, yes, that was time well spent. I enjoyed it. I got a chance to learn. I loved what I'm doing. So right now I'm spending the time because I love what I'm doing. And I know I'm working towards something bigger. So that is what I would tell you all. Ask yourself, am I enjoying what I'm doing right now? Or are you working towards something that, and hopefully you are. And I wish you all the best of luck with your journey. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome, Jeffrey. And, you know, that actually, you know, really resonated with me. What I'm getting at is like, you know, take mm -hmm. baby steps in whatever you're interested in. And we exactly. just have career changes. Like for me, I graduated, you know, college and, I never thought I would do like education work <laughs> for mm -hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Um, and you know, for me, like I'll I'll admit, I'll be honest, like I, you know, 
I'm trying to. I don't have a lot of skills like data. Like you have a lot of skills, Owen. Trust me. You. Yeah. No. I was like, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> in terms of like you know soft skills, yeah. But like in terms of you know like the technical like tech and like hard skills like mm-hmm. that. Um. You know, I'm steadily taking like baby steps with that. Like I'll admit that I don't have a lot of skills with that. But you know, mm-hmm. I'm taking like baby steps about just doing online learning, like LinkedIn learning for everybody out there. Um, LinkedIn learning and just like all the, you know, look up whatever you're interested in. There's always a website that you can learn in. So I recommend everybody doing that just to go and like learn a skill, whether that be like Udemy, take a course. Harvard's offering free courses on like a whole bunch of subjects, religion, politics, and all that. Um, so, you know, take advantage of those are free. So like might as well invest in that uh, LinkedIn learning. Mm-hmm. So yeah, really take baby steps and really go out there, especially now. So yeah. Um, now going, what's up? Exactly, man. Yeah. yeah. I, and I, I will say the one thing too, the Pixar has a great Khan Academy um, mm-hmm. lesson. If you're interested in learning how Pixar tells its stories and, you know, how does it visually, you know, go from beginning to end? How they created Khan Academy. It's for free. Check it out. It's really good courses. Check it out. Cool. Yeah. For everybody there listening, you heard them. <laughs> Khan Academy, Pixar, if you're interested in it. Well, yeah, you don't even have to like want to be in the film. I want to like take that class. <laughs> so, like, <how laughs> yeah, man. Are made. Like, I feel like that's applicable and stuff for a lot of people. Um, but yeah, now going, finishing up here, getting into the fun part, I should say. <laughs> is that let's Ooh. talk about you know some films in general just i mean we're not gonna have a full hours and hours because i can go hours and hours talking about films with people during like family parties oh, yeah. like you know thanksgivings or just watching it obviously or christmas having family over but uh jeffrey what are mm-hmm. name some movies that you love because <laughs> i i have them on top of my mind got you so like everybody i'm sh- I'm sure, you know, you all have a movie you like to watch, you know, depending on your feeling. If you want to feel sappy, watch watching a romantic one or a comedy, you all have your feelings. Um, My general go to answer for favorite movie is The Prestige by Christopher oh, Nolan. Oh, my Lord. Have you seen it? Yeah, that movie tripped me out. That <laughs> thing was crazy. I love it. I, I used Everybody to do magic. as a. <laughs> oh, yes. I used right. to do magic as a kid. And so it's a it's a great cast, great group of people really talks about sacrifice and you know what you're willing to do for your career um it's a thriller um yeah that's my general go-to my other like top tens i love the dark knight i love the lego movie lego movies <laughs> amazing people let me tell you that silver linings playbook um la la land um by damien giselle definitely he's an uh he is a very iconic guy that i look up to um yeah those are some of mine um what about you owen for me i would say uh, I have a lot, but I would say one of my favorites of all time is Gladiator with Russell Crowe, just the because it's like you know it's so epic, um, just the scale of that movie and just it's so way ahead of its time. Like that movie was made twenty years ago, but Gladiator was bro, Gladiator one of the classics, and it will remain. I will watch it when I'm like fifty or something, and I'll my, <laughs> probably my kids watch it, um, but. Yeah, Glad- that's my dad's like favorite one of his Gladiator, favorite movies. Yeah, it's whoever hasn't watched it out there, just just watch it. It's twenty years old, but it's way ahead of its time, honestly. Moss. <laughs> yeah, that and um, I would say obviously Saving Private Ryan out there is amazing. Steven Spielberg, obviously, it's 
it was made in like 98 i don't know but it feels like it was made like in mm-hmm. 2010 <laughs> just as like how yeah. incredible like his filmmaking is i would say that and obviously every like christopher nolan movie like interstellar inception the dark knight mm-hmm. is christopher nolan I, he gets criticism fair but he's one of the goats in terms of directing for everybody mm-hmm. out there so yeah i would say and i cannot wait to see tenet because i heard pretty amazing things about it for people who liked it so um but yeah good. Think, what what was the last good movie you think you saw owen the last good movie i think the last thing i don't even know if i can name that i would say it was the prestige actually i watched it for the first time oh really no way yeah, two like two weeks ago i think and yeah that was the last good movie i actually streamed um so yeah that was the last good movie i would say oh classic space jams <laughs> that's just childhood space jam yeah with michael jordan and you know looney tunes that's classic that was yeah, what's up doc yeah space jams always a classic back to the future obviously all the classic 80s movies terminator i could go on and on <laughs> so yeah, terminator is great if you go on and on, but I know for the yeah. sake of time. <laughs> yeah, I recently saw The Farewell by oh. A24 with oh, Aquafina. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love that movie. That that one was really good. I was really impressed. I was watching it with like a, a producer friend of mine who is Asian-American, mm-hmm. and we had such differing opinions. Like, <laughs> I was like, this is a sort of cool insight into the Asian like community because we don't get to watch the community. And I first, I you know, I thought, I don't want to say it was like, I, I didn't know that was like a thing. Like that's a literal thing um the Asian community does. They don't tell like their older grandparents they're dying if they have like a disease. Mm. And I was like, really? It's like wow, like what does that mean like for the family and like the pressures you know you face? Yeah. Um see that's but one, yeah. I, that's when I think film is like important. If, if you can, you know, really analyze it and think about it deeper, it talks about like, you know, culture too and that kind of thing. Exactly. Like culture, but Mm-hmm. I mean, and number one rule of filmmaking don't let the audience be bored that's the yeah. only rule there's no other rules besides that rule exactly yeah okay. entertainment that's why it's called entertainment <laughs> so mm-hmm. um but yeah you have uh, you wanted to shout out your podcast jeffrey you said so oh yeah so thank you thank you so much owen for, for the sure. prep of, of yeah everybody out there thank you so much for tuning in and listening to my shenanigans um, if you if you enjoyed that um i am launching uh, which hopefully by the time this is up, I will be launching my podcast called Becoming the Podcast. It's all about what we are trying to become. So if you're trying to become a teacher, trying to become a filmmaker, if you're trying to become a mathematician, a computer programmer, mm. we have guests that come in every episode that tell us about how they are becoming the best version of themselves and how they're trying to become X thing. I I am the host on that show, and I invite unique guests every week to talk. I've had guests that have been fired from audio internships because <laughs> the CEO thought didn't like the way that they were cleaning plates because they were poisoning their artists, according to them. I've had well. <laughs> guests that are teacher new new teachers, and they had sailor mouths, and they cursed a lot. And I asked them, how did you go from cursing a lot to teaching a room full of children? Watch the episode. I've had, I interviewed a guy that dropped out of college and now does computer programming from his car, which he lives in. Mm. So he can hopefully own a house in the quickest amount of time in human history. So please check Mm. out becoming the podcast, the podcast that's all about how people become. Um, Yeah. 
so please follow us. Uh, we're on Instagram. We'll be on Spotify, um, I, Apple iTunes, and a bunch of other places where you can get podcasts. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll definitely follow it, Jeffrey, um, and listen to the episode. Sounds like a very awesome idea. So, but yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, that's pretty much wraps up our um, third episode. You know, coming along, everybody. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks, Jeffrey. Um, thank you so much and all the people listening there don't forget to hire me when you become either big <laughs> filmmakers or anything else i wish you the best of luck yeah i'm pretty sure the kids i work with now in my current role are interested in some of them probably are interested in film or just like entertainment in general so hopefully they'll listen in if i can you know spread it to them <laughs> gotcha of course well thank thank you so much for having me be on the show oh and i really i really enjoy what you're doing here okay for sure take care everybody All right. Thank you. Follow me on Instagram at Jeffrey underscore Ramos with two S's, R-A-M-O-S-S-S. And soon, JeffreyRamos.com, which I'll be launching very, very soon. For sure. All right. Take care, everyone. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye.